0: Hey, thank you all so much for coming. And I see you guys are sharing. Thank you again, um, Pastor, Bishop, Apostles. God bless you. So good to have you on tonight. Um, God is a faithful God. He's He's faithful um, to us beyond our own faithfulness. He's consistent with us, even when we've been inconsistent. So we give him praise tonight. It's such a blessing um, to be connected with you all over the U.S. and other parts of the world. The body of Christ is so much bigger than our locale. Uh, The the body of Christ is Catholic, uh, you know, uh, little c, Catholic, universal. It's so much bigger than our church. It's so much bigger than our denomination. So it's a blessing to be connected uh, with people in the body of Christ all over. I want to first, before I get started tonight, I want to shout out, Uh, rap nation um, the mother church lynchburg virginia i'm so thankful for you i want you to know i love you and ramp church dmv those are the two churches i am preaching at every sunday and i thank you all for giving me the opportunity to take a break um praise the lord so i am actually on my break right now and um, i've been watching church though every sunday and god's really been faithful and using the preachers that have been ministering and the christmas program was phenomenal it was phenomenal so uh so uh thank you again as you're coming in thank you for sharing um tonight i just wanted to come on and just give you a few updates um but before i give you a few updates a few questions i wanted to answer tonight and uh, a response on a couple of things um tonight you saw me on my post I discussed that I was going to have a a short discussion tonight on on submission and accountability and the question is is submission and accountability just another word or another term for control well the answer is yes or no it depends on the listener because oftentimes we redefine words based upon our experiences let me say it again oftentimes we define terminologies based upon our own personal experiences so some people when you hear the word submission or you hear the word uh accountability you automatically think about control this this comes from a message i preached recently and uh, and uh and I posted a clip of it and um talking about submission and talking about uh being accountable and I had no idea that when I shared that, shared that word or shared that principle that for some people it was going to be very controversial and so I got a lot of um of course I got a lot of support and a lot of people amen in agreement but I also got a lot of people who were um were bothered by the statement when I talked about uh, I'm coming for the Facebook prophets and the apostles who don't have pastors who are not accountable. Um, some of them, you know, some of them I deleted the comments um, just so they wouldn't be a distraction from the message. Uh, some, especially on TikTok, I left them up and some people actually sent me some inboxes, though, some direct messages and, and you all just coming on, I just told where I'm at right now, six something in the morning. So my brain is still waking up and my voice. But um, yeah, so people sent me some direct messages as well, uh, sharing their disagreement or their concerns about the statement that we all need to be accountable to someone. We all need to be. Submitted to a leader. Wow. And um, oftentimes when you hear things, you need to not just hear the words that people are saying, but you need to hear the spirit behind what they are saying. First of all, structure will always reveal rebellion if you want to expose the spirit of rebellion in your church and your company and your household establish structure when people are allowed to do whatever they want to do whenever they want to do it show up when they feel like it leave when they get ready then you don't really know where they are but but order always reveals disorder progression will always expose stagnancy. People who are stagnant, you know, they don't like people who are progressive because it exposes the fact that they are not moving. So first of all, that's one point I want to bring up, is that some people don't realize, you know, where they are in submission until structure is established. You know, that's why that's why it's so hard for some people to embrace marriage, not the wedding <laughs> It's its marriage. Why? Because sometimes if you're by yourself, you, you really don't know how selfish you are until you're in a relationship with someone else that requires you to have to serve them. <laughs> you hear me? I mean, relationships reveal that relationships marriage ex- marriage exposes your selfishness now i need some married people don't leave me out here by myself i need you to testify to me your children expose the responsibility of children the-, the responsibility of ministry exposes how selfish really on the inside we really are because for many of us we're good by ourselves right Until you have to gauge yourself in relationship with other people. I need 10 more people to share this as quickly as you can. If I can get 10 more people to share this, I'm not prophesying houses and cars, but what I am teaching tonight, what I'm sharing tonight is going to deliver somebody, set somebody free. And when that structure comes, you'll be able to buy your own house and buy your own car without anybody having to prophesy it. Because even... The miraculous in the scripture always comes after order is established. You hear me? We think the miraculous or the supernatural is something that just comes out, drops out of nowhere. But if you look at the scripture before Jesus performed a miracle, he established order. Mm. You hear me? The Bible said is his first miracle. Yeah, I mean, thank you all for sharing this. Thank you so much. His first miracle, what did he do? He told them, he took, he said, get vessels and pull, fill them up with water. He was establishing order. The fishes and five loaves of bread. He said, Sit them down in companies of fifty. Then he says, He says, How much do we have? We have two fish, we have five loaves of bread. Okay. He established what they have first. In order for you to experience the miraculous order got to be established. Because if order is not established, you won't even be able to acknowledge that what you just walked in to was a miracle. And so, first of all, order, structure, submission, and accountability. All of those things which are godly principles exposes the spirit of rebellion in us. In us. Yes, submission is not when you're asked or required to do something you want to do when you feel like doing it. No, submission is I'm doing it because I know it's right to do, although I don't feel like doing it, knowing that I will be glad I did it later. And a lot of times people, the reason why people, some people see submission as control and they see accountability as control is because they don't have a revelation behind it. They see being submitted as weakness. I need somebody to type on here. Submission is not weakness. Submission is not weakness. It takes a strong person to submit. It doesn't take a strong person to clap back. It doesn't take a strong person that says, oh, I don't need anybody. <laughs> As a matter of fact, all of us who are always saying, I don't need anybody, I can do it by myself, and I don't need people, and all of that, you're really exposing your weakness. You who abandon every place of conflict and every situation of being challenged, you that always abandon those places, you're revealing your weakness. It takes a strong person to stay. It takes a strong person to stand. It takes a strong person to work through differences. It, submission comes not because you don't know who you are. Submission comes because you have a revelation of who you are. And when you have a revelation who you are, you don't have to fight your way through to be seen. You can take all that you are and bring it Under something that's bigger than you, you know, because that's what that's what the word submission means. It means you have a mission, but the prefix of submission is sub. You have a mission that you're willing to bring under the mission of another. Wow. So no, submission, submission and accountability. Is it control? It depends on who's defining it but biblical submission is not being controlled. Biblical submission is having a revelation. The Bible says, have this mind in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no vain reputation and brought himself into obedience, even to the death of the cross. He knew who he was and he submitted. I mean, so accountability, you know what is accountability? You know, um, I wrote down this definition from a lesson I taught recently. What is accountability? Accountability means um, is, is, is 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 justifying actions and decisions as being responsible. So I believe that we should have accountability with people, and we should be accountable to people. Right? Yeah. There should be people that come alongside of us that we're accountable with, and then there should be someone we're submitted to that we're accountable to. That's not control. That's safety. The Bible said that there is safety in a multitude of counselors. Um, So I get it. Right. So when I was talking about this, and I was talking about social media prophets and people who who claim to be hearing from God, but they're not submitted to anybody. Some of those, I I got some negative comments and some inboxes and some uh, posts against what I was saying. And to be honest with you, when I went on those people's pages before I decided to respond, because before sometimes you get in your emotions and you start responding to certain people, you need to see who you're responding to. And I went on some of these people's pages, and the truth is, the reason why they were offended by it's because, evidently, I was talking about them. Yeah, they hollered because it hit them. And I've had some people that reached out to me and told me I'm an apostle, but I don't. I'm. I'm. My ministry is beyond the church walls, so I don't have to have a, a covering. I had people to say to me that, you know, I hear from God, the Holy Ghost teaches me, so I don't need um, anybody else. This is what how the church messed up, trying to establish a hierarchical structure. Wow. yeah, I, I heard a lot of that. I heard questions about, I heard, somebody sent me a question that says, well, who did the apostles submit to? Okay, good question. And I I answer these questions. I realized that some people really don't know who who did the apostles submit to. First of all, the apostles submitted to Jesus. Right. They were submitted to Jesus. And even when Jesus ascended um, after experiencing his ascension. They were accountable to each other. Did you not read that? The apostles were accountable to each other. They came together, right? They decided who would replace, um, uh, replace Judas. Then on the day of Pentecost, Peter stood up with the keys to the kingdom. He preached the first message. Uh, the Jerusalem council, when they came together to decide who they would send and who they would send where, and they said it seemed good to us and the Holy Ghost to set aside these two individuals. They were accountable to Jesus, then they were accountable to each other. It is an ongoing principle throughout scripture from the Old Testament to the New Testament that people were submitted to godly leadership. Yes, it, Elijah had an elisha moses had a had a joshua joshua came from moses joshua was submitted uh, to moses how do you think even joshua knew how to fight joshua was a military leader you don't see moses being much of a military leader moses is a more prophetic leader but how did joshua learn how to fight joshua was born into slavery how did he learn how to fight well moses was raised in the house of Pharaoh. <laughs> you hear me? He knew, he learned, he was educated in the ways of the Egyptians. How did Joshua learn how to fight? He learned how to fight because of who he was submitted to. Mm. So let's let's look at that. Let's let's look at the examples. So who did who did Moses who was Moses submitted to? Moses was this great leader Even though Moses was God's leader, he was God's leadership template, but even Moses was submitted in accountability to Jethro, his father-in-law. It was his father-in-law, Jethro, that says, hey, Moses, you're a good leader, but the way you're doing this is going to kill you. I need 10 people to share this because another leader needs to hear this. He said, the way you're going to do the way you're doing this is going to kill you. He says, listen, you need to handle the heavy matters and set the people up in tribes and let the tribal leaders handle the small, lighter matters. So even though Moses was anointed and he was that leader, he had a leader. Every pastor, every leader needs accountability. I didn't think that would be controversial, but I realized in a culture of lone rangers, In a culture of celebrity preachers, in a culture of overnight wonders, we are a culture, especially in America, we are an individualistic culture. We make decisions based upon our own feelings, our own image, our own wants, our own desires. That's why it's hard for us to even embrace like in Eastern cultures and, and our Christian friends and brothers and sisters, like in India, who still have arranged marriages. It's hard for us to even perceive that con- concept because they see their marriage even as something for, for the family, something that's bigger than them. We even see our marriages and our all of our decisions and movements are based upon our own proclivities and likes and desires. So that's why it would be hard for any of us to understand hey I need accountability in my life I know you hear from God but who are you gauging that by because that's what someone was sharing with me they was like I hear from God I have the Holy Ghost and that's why that's what people mess up at and that's why I said accountability and structure always reveals the spirit of rebellion but there's another part of that that I need to share with you all it doesn't just reveal rebellion it exposes wounded saints. it really does some people who operate in the spirit of pride the the root of their pride is not arrogance. uh the root of their pride is wounded is wounds i mean so they use pride as protection and so there are some people that that don't like teachings on accountability and submission Is because they've been hurt and and I get it and I I, someone shared that with me and they said it to me it was like I used to believe in this spiritual father stuff I used to believe in this spiritual covering but I don't believe in it anymore that's why I just hear God for myself I don't need no cover I don't need no pastor because when I did believe in it I got abused well I want to tell the person that's on here that have walked away from having spiritual leadership and spiritual covering because you got, you got wounded. I want want to say something to you. I did too. I got wounded. I got wounded. But I want I want to say this to you. Man's frailty doesn't change God's principles. You hear me? Man's frailty, the frailty of man, does not change the principles of God. As a matter of fact, the older I get, the more grace I give to people who I feel like wounded me, or who did me wrong. All right. Yeah, I got I got hurt in church. I got hurt in church. I got hurt in life. I was abandoned by my father as a child but I'm so glad I did not let my wounds turn into poison because it would have only killed me and not him. I'm so glad that that I got healing for where I was wounded because to be honest with you now, my father has been my father now more years than he wasn't my father. See, if I didn't handle my wounds properly, When he came to me when I was 16 years old, I wouldn't have been at a place to receive him. And many of you have been wounded, maybe by leaders or by pastors or by people who you submitted to. Don't stay there because, you know, David may have dropped the ball. I mean, Saul may have dropped the ball in leadership, but God has a David. And if you stay wounded, you know, you're going to miss out on who God is sending. You hear me? Yeah. Man will fail you. The arm of flesh will fail you. I'm not telling you guys on here just to follow people blindly. That's not what I'm saying. You know, one thing you need to realize, you get to choose who you're going to submit to. And when you choose who you're going to submit to, follow them after the spirit and not after the flesh. What Apostle Paul says, follow me as I follow, as I follow Christ. So, yeah, I get it. I, I heard from some people that were they were making uh, comments. They were wounded. They were wounded in church. They, they were wounded by a leader. But don't let that leave you outside. Don't let that leave you outside. I, I just want to tell somebody. Um, because we hear it in your language. And without you need, you need community. The, the church, you can worship by yourself, but you cannot have church by yourself. <laughs> you hear me? You can worship by yourself, but you cannot have church by yourself. The word church me is the word in Greek, ekklesia. It means an assembly, the called out ones. And many of us, we're not having church. We're not being the church because we're standing out by ourselves. And I'm saying this because, yes, we have a generation of people who have walked away from church, but they're still spiritual. But how do you know what spirit it is unless you're gauging it by the body that you're connected to? Listen, everything that he calls us, listen, he calls us the body of Christ. We're parts. We're parts. You can't exist by yourself not not as the church not as the church each part must be connected because each joint will be supplied through the connection so i want to speak to somebody hey go back to church go you need a pastor yes i i had some i had some some facebook prophets i guess i came for you and you came for me but i still say to you prophet you need a pastor you need a pastor to gauge you need pastors you need other prophets you need you need to prophesy in a company of prophets you need people around you that can gauge your prophetic this is this is biblical what i'm saying in old testament it was a school of prophets in the new testament it says when you prophesy prophesy by the company of two or three Not just so y'all can take turns, yes, that's one thing, but so someone can judge your prophetic. Why? Why does your prophetic need to be judged? Why should your prophetic be examined? You know why? Because I'm going to tell you something maybe you didn't know. I'm going to tell you something about your gift and your prophetic that maybe you didn't know. Your prophetic is open to human error. Yes. I want to, just really quickly, I want to ask you on here, how many of you felt like you heard something from God before and you missed it? Raise your hand. I need to see some hand emojis. I need to see, I need some hearts on here. I need some likes. I need to see something on the screen to tell that some people on here will be honest with me. You thought you heard something from God. You thought you heard who you were going to marry and that won't end. You thought, You just, it was some things God, you thought God was telling you, and you realize it wasn't God. It was you. We don't talk about that. We don't talk about how we missed it. We don't talk about how we missed it. You can miss God. You can be so sure because we have a treasure, but it's in an earthen vessel. You hear me? that the excellency will be of God and not of us. And he gave some apostles. Now, some people tried to get me pulled into a modern day apostles or, or not. I'm not, That that's not, that wasn't the point of the discussion. But i missed God before, i miss missed God. I'm so thankful, because again, maybe I came up in a different culture than some of you, but um, I went to my Francis, I call her my Francis, my godmother my mother Frances Hall in Gretna and I never forget I was determined at 18 that I was moving to Danville, Virginia. I was looking up apartments and I went by and saw her and I was like, hey, my friend, since I, you know, uh, I'm um, I'm looking at apartments, I'm going to move to Danville and she looked at me and she's like, no, I, uh, I don't believe that's what God is saying for you to do. I said, what? No, I don't believe that's what God is saying for you to do. Now, I know what some of y'all are saying. <laughs> that's control. That's manipulation. Well, I had to examine the source. And she was a proven voice in my life. And because she said that to me, I was disappointed and did not move. And my obedience saved my destiny. See, I said a proven voice. Do you have proven voices in your life? Have you cut off everybody? Is everybody wrong? Is everybody jealous of you? <laughs> but no, you need to have proven voices in your life. Um, so I'm, I'm going to get off that subject. So I'm going to just tell you all, submission and accountability is important, it's necessary, and it's And it's a biblical principle. You got to do it. You need it. You need accountability. And that's why I want to say to every pastor on here, I want to ask every pastor. And it's very important. I'm about to ask you this question. And I don't mean to ask you this question out loud, but I need to do this. Who is your pastor? Who are you accountable to? Because you teaching submission without being an example of submission. Will always come off as narcissism. It will always come off as narcissistic. I don't. I don't teach. I don't go to the ramp saying, "Obey me, submit to me." I mirror obedience and submission. I, I try to operate as an example to my leader, uh, to the church board. You know, to my family. I try to show that. Um, that An example of being submitted and showing that balance in my life and in my ministry. And it's really saved my life because I haven't always been right. I try to be right, but I haven't always been right. And God has used people in my life um, to bring correction and to challenge me. They don't take the place of the Holy Ghost, no. But when I hear them, I hear the voice of God in them. Yeah. So I want to say this uh, real quick. So um, I made this post today. I I released a video today about not using church services as a fundraiser. Worship is not a fundraiser. Now, someone said, oh, Bishop, you coming for blood. No, um, controversy has never been my goal. The gospel has been my goal always to get the word of God out. Um, to challenge the body of Christ, I don't. I don't ever post something and say, "Oh, this is gonna get the pot stirred," because I don't ever want uh, controversy. Can be the uh, response to you preaching truth or speaking truth, but I don't believe in trying to be a, a side show that distracts from the message. You hear me? Um, so, but no, I did put post today that worship is not a fundraiser, and I stand behind it. It's not. Now, I am an evangelist. I'm a prophetic speaker. I'm a bishop. So I receive offerings. I believe in giving. I believe in seed sowing. I do believe in it. I give after a preacher preaches. I will sow. If they ask for a certain amount, I'll give it. If I have it, I'll give it. I'm willing to give it. Um, I don't have a problem with giving. I'm I've said this many times. My mother taught me we were in poverty, but my mother was a giver. She gave her way out of poverty. So that principle was established in me. I'm a tither from a young child. Uh, I'm a tither. So I don't want y'all to think that I don't believe in giving. I don't believe in sowing and I'll receive an offering. But what I will not do, I will not play games with God's people. I'm 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 not going to stand up and only prophesy to people just because they gave a certain amount of money. I'm not going to do that. My whole point was that if we have a goal we need to reach. If there's something that we need to take care of. This is a different generation. Tell the people. Tell the people we're not going to have another service just because we need to, we need another thousand dollars. No, this is what the board members are for. This is what the elders are for. <laughs> Call the leaders together. This is the only challenge with that is, some of us, some of us in our churches, we lack transparency, and when we lack transparency, it's hard for people to buy into what they don't feel a part of. Amen. <laughs> this is a different generation. They can handle it. And that's why I wanna to say to everyone on here, um, sometime we struggle financially in our churches is because we're trying to do everything we saw instead of operating where we are. You hear me? This is one, one wonderful thing. The social media has done. It has connected us and exposed us to other people's lives and other people's ministry. The only challenge is it has also caused some people to be frustrated to the point that they try to expedite their process to be something that somebody else is, but who is in a whole different season of their life than they're in. So now we're competing with a church that's 50 years old. And you're only five years old, and so now because somebody had a conference and they brought in, you know, these big name preachers with all these honorariums and all of these guest artists. Now you want to do that, and you want to have a fifty thousand dollar conference budget, while you're Mm. okay. (laughs) Oh, it's early in the morning (laughs) here. You want to have a fifty thousand dollar. A conference budget, a one-week conference budget, fifty thousand dollars, and you haven't even paid your storefront rent. No way you are, and I'm telling you this because I know I I did it. I remember when the ramp first started. Man, we had a we had a women's conference, a men's conference, a prophetic conference, a youth conference, all in one year. All in one year, and we were struggling financially. It wasn't wisdom. I was trying to keep up with what I saw, instead of being faithful in where I was. I cut all that stuff out. I thought like, "We're gonna have a family conference, right?" So sometimes financially we're drowning, and that's why, you know, I'm not. I'm not gonna say you you're not gonna need a a miracle something, and your faith is not gonna be stretched. But sometimes we don't need miracles as much as we need to establish principles. If you establish godly principles, you won't always need a miracle. Amen. And that's not just with a church, that's what our personal finances as well. Come on, people. Come on. That's why you tell me the only time you can shout hard and you the only reason you can just really worship God is because the preacher said, you know, God going to give you a financial blessing, He's going to turn her. You know, at some point, we should need a financial miracle every week. <laughs> you need a financial miracle every week? At, at, at some weeks, the preacher should get up says, who in here need a financial miracle? You all should sit around and go like this, like, you know. How many of y'all got a student loan that I need to cancel? I say it all the time in church. After a while, some of us need to sit and like, no, actually, my student loans are paid off and not that it was all canceled see some of us God is not gonna cancel our debt because if he cancels our debt we will very quickly go back and create more debt so that's just that's in our lives and oftentimes it's in our churches as well and because of it it has created a culture of manipulation and some of these prophets have become pimps. And, you know, and, I, and again, I'm not against prophets receiving offerings and raising offerings and challenging the people to give. I do it. But I'm saying to you that if you do it, you got to make sure it's God. Because people don't just bring their Bibles to church. They bring their minds. <laughs> you hear me? They don't just bring their Bibles. They bring their minds. People are thinking worshipers. They are thinking worshipers. And and if you raise up a culture of givers, if you raise up a culture of givers, the principle of giving, and you operate based upon where you are, as God prosper the people, they're going to prosper the church. I've watched it happen. I've watched it happen. You hear me? I gave uh, my all into my church. And when I say gave my all, to start the Ramp Church, the foundation of First Church, all my money, all my money. I drove around um, in that rusty church van. And Kelly is on here right now. She knows I'm telling the truth because it was me and her. We didn't have a car. And we were driving around in that rusty church van. And I will never forget, I was preaching on the road. I was bringing every dime I had back home, putting it in the church. And I will never forget this, coming home one weekend. And they pro- I know they don't want me to tell it, and I know Deacon Ted is probably on here. But this was years ago. Uh, Deacon Ted Jennings and his wife picked me up. And uh, they said, we want you to ride with us. And they took me to a car lot. And they said, we want you to have this car. It was a silver Mercedes Benz. It was my first Mercedes I ever had. And they said, you you don't have any payments. And I was shocked. Because you know what they said to me? They said, we're not going to be driving a, a nice car and our pastor don't have a car. Not one time did I try to manipulate the people. Not one time did I that I cursed at the people because they they hadn't given me a car. But if if you be a shepherd and you do right by the people, not everybody, but God will raise up a remnant. God will raise up a remnant that will take care of you. Listen to what Apostle Paul says. If I sow into you the spiritual, I am to reap your carnal. That's a biblical principle that people who serve with a pure heart God will raise up people in their company, in their presence. They will say, hey, you've been taking care of God's business. We're going to take care of your business. Now, what I'm preaching and teaching, you know, somebody hit me up today said, you know, Bishop, you with this kind of preaching, you're going to cancel some of your preaching engagements. You might be right. Saying some of this stuff, I may be canceling some of my preaching engagements, but I'm so glad that I'm not a pimp and I'm not a prostitute. I don't have to go out on the corner. Hear me? I don't I don't have to I don't have to say what people want me to say and go in and manipulate with giftings to get my no. My church has fixed it, that I can stay prophetically pure. I can say what God says. and Hey, maybe I won't go and preach on a certain circuit or a certain platform, but God can raise up one person. Mm, hey, hallelujah. I'm telling y'all, one person can walk into your life and make up for everything you lost, <laughs> everything you felt like you missed out on, so no, I'm I'm standing on it. I'm gonna continue to decree and declare that we need accountability with all your with your spiritual self. Yeah, I know you feel like you don't need accountability because you're so spiritual. The only problem with it is you ain't just spiritual, you carnal too. Yeah. So I want to thank you. I want to say this. I want to thank all of you who have sowed into me. Some of you who watch me online and watch my Facebook lives. Without me, I don't ever ask. I don't ever say, I need you to give me. I hear the Lord say, 10 of y'all need to sow into me $100. I don't ever do that. And I'm not saying I'll never do it, (laughs) but it would have to be the Lord, right? But many of you, um, oftentimes, even though I've never met you in person, you have sowed into me and you say, listen, Bishop, I want to be a blessing to you. And it just it just shows that my mother always says if you do right, right will always follow you. Yes, it will. I got a few things coming up I do want you to know about because I'm gonna try to take a nap. It's seven o'clock in the morning here, but um, I love you, Digging Ted. I should have known you were on here. I want to say this: uh, you all enjoy this teaching, and you love. You love the balance of Pentecostal expression and biblical teaching and training. I want to invite you to come to our winter conference. Our winter conference and workers' meeting is um, going to be in Washington, D.C., January the 11th, 12th, and 13th. Yes, it's going to be in D.C., January the 11th, 12th, and 13th. It's for our one way churches. If I got some one way churches people on here, I need y'all to show me some love. Tell me which one way church you're on here representing. Now, it is for one-way churches, but guess what? It's not limited to one-way churches. I want you to come, especially if you're a pastor and you don't have a covering, you should come too. Amen. Uh, But you should come, uh, whoever you are, come visit. Um, The 11th, we have a private tour, uh, and I'm doing a private time at the Bible Museum in Washington, DC. If you've never been to the Bible Museum, It's a phenomenal uh, exhibit, phenomenal place. I'm going to take you through this walk through the Old Testament. It's a comprehensive walk through the Old Testament. Um, So that's from 6.30 to 8.30. What you need to do, though, you need to go online. Uh, Those tickets usually are $20-some. We have it for $10, but you have to go uh, online and register at onewaychurches.com. And when you go on onewaychurches.com, you'll be able to register for the winter conference and register for the night uh, the museum night even if you register for the winter conference all one way church people you still need to buy your ticket for the um for the bible museum it's going to be a great time uh we're going to walk through there you can go look look it up online it's a it's a uh, powerful thing it's because i love pentecostal praise but we're pentecostal thinkers and we're not dancing dummies so So good to see all of you on here. Memphis is on here. Danville is on here. Ramp Church International, DMV. Okay? New Peaceful Zion. So go to OneWayChurches.com. So many of y'all have been talking about possibly going with me to Israel in June. I got about seven seats left on that trip. If you're going to go, the down payment to reserve your seat it's only $300. So you need to go over to BishopYounger.com. we go going to the Holy Land. Yes, God. We're going to be baptizing in the Jordan River. And um, we're going to the Western Wall. We're praying up against the wall. We're going to the Garden Tomb. We're going to stand there and see Galgotha. And you're going to see at Galgotha, you're going to see the face of the skull still in the side of the mountain you will know when you get there without any archaeological findings you'll know that he was there Now, really you'll you'll just know it in your spirit you'll know it in your heart so that's at bishopyounger.com. my last thing i want to say to you all is the lord really the lord really put a burden on me for pentecost and i'm taking pentecost on a friday night and a saturday morning I'm taking it to Washington, D.C., to the state, to the, uh, to the U.S. Capitol. We're going to have a weekend that's going to be power-packed. And I'm going to start putting out some information on I already have some pastors joining with me and connecting with me uh, for that event. Um, I'm I believing God why every what well, some people are trying to pull away from our roots of Pentecost. I believe that's getting ready to be another great outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And so um, you look forward. I'm going to be talking about it very soon and ask you to keep me in prayer uh, with us as we do that. You all have been enjoying my messages. I need you to go over to YouTube and follow me on YouTube and subscribe. Push the subscribe button. Bishop S.Y. Younger, push the subscribe button. I want to pray for you. If y'all would just give me a moment, I want to pray for you before we get off. Father God, in Jesus' name, I just thank you so much, Lord, for this moment you've given us, um, this moment you've dropped out of eternity into time. Lord, uh, some of these people are my family, and I haven't seen them in the last few weeks. But I thank you how you've kept us, you kept us covered and kept us connected. And to those, Lord, that maybe I've never met in person, but you haven't connected us by the flesh that you've connected us by the spirit. I thank you, Lord, that we have ears to hear. We have hearts that are open to perceive. Father, I ask you right now um, to touch that the pastor that that reached out to me earlier that says, hey, uh, I know I need a covering, but there's nothing wrong with what you said. I ask you, Lord, to lead him and guide him, not just him. There's some people, Lord, they're out here without accountability. They're not planted in a church, but it's not because they don't want to be. So, God, I'm asking you to to right now be their navigation, guide them, mesh them with uh, with the hearts of a people that can receive them and who have the capacity for them. God, uh, heal the wounded spirits Lord, those who are maybe trapped in offense. Lord, those who uh, were hurt and felt they were broken beyond repair, let them be open to love again and to serve again. Help them, Lord God, to, uh, to be postured and submitted uh, to, uh, to a voice that can be trusted. And help them to forgive those who maybe uh, may showed more of their humanity than their divinity. Help them to forgive those leaders, forgive those parents who may have wounded them, that have caused them now to be suspicious, caused them not to be trusting, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that there is a balm in Gilead. I'm asking you to heal right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, uh, give somebody grace tonight uh, for transition. Lord, someone who's been feeling like they've been stuck in a place according to where they've been and not according to where you're taking them. Help them to be open. And Lord, anybody on here right now, Lord, that has to transition from a church or from, from a ministry or from a leader, Lord, help them to do it with grace, help them do it with honor, and give them the wisdom in their words, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I just ask you, Lord, I believe your spirit just wanted me to pray that. Lord, I just pray that you would just give somebody the wisdom for transition. Give them grace for transition. And Lord, I'm asking you to um, bless our leaders. Father, many times, God, we have been strong critics of our leaders and those who are are our covered, but Lord, we pray for them, Lord. Lord, we pray for them um, concerning the parts and the information they have to carry and the things they have to deal with that we are not privy to. Mm. Lord, bless, bless our leaders. Bless our leaders because, Lord, it's through their voices. It's through their voices that armies are being led. So bless bless our leaders. Because Lord, many of our pastors and our leaders, they have PTSD. They're dealing with post-traumatic stress. They're dealing with uh, their own traumas. Lord, you call them to heal, but Lord, many many of us need healing. So God, I'm asking you to heal our leaders. For Lord, uh, wounded people have wounded others and hurting people have hurt others. And so um, I ask you to touch, instead of me criticizing my, my pastor, my leader, my pastor's wife, my pastor's wife, I ask you for grace for my pastor's wife. I just felt led to pray that with somebody right now, in the name of Jesus. Hello, anything in me that's rebellious, <laughs> anything in me that's wayward, God, I'm asking you to uproot that spirit of rebellion, that spirit of offense. Help me to wait my turn. Mm. Help me to wait wait my turn. Help me to be honest, Lord, when I'm wrong. (laughs) Lord, take from me that desire to be obsessed with being right other than being right with you and being right with others around me. So, Lord, I pray for the uh, for the elephants in sanctuary, things that were never addressed, things that were never dealt with. And for years, we've had the church over it, church around it, people in the same church. I'm asking you in the name of Jesus. Let us operate in the ministry and the anointing of reconciliation not the consistent repeating, but that we were reconcile, That we'd be able to start clearing out some debts. That you would give us the anointing for conversations. That you give us anointing for conversations. Lord, as we get ready to come into 2023, before we start making declarations, help us to mend our nets. <laughs> Help us to mend our nets. Give us strategy for what's next. Help us to mend our nets. So we won't be falling apart in the middle of a blessing. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Help us to mend our nets, O oh God. Hey, glory be to God. Help us to mend our nets, O oh God. That we won't be falling apart in the middle of a blessing. Lord, I love you, and I praise you for all things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you all so much for joining me on this Facebook Live tonight. Um, Tonight morning, wherever uh, you're watching from, and uh, I pray God's richest blessings over you and your family. Remember, uh, if you're thinking about going with us to Israel, it's bishopyounger.com. For you to go ahead and sign up. and. And for you coming with us to our winter conference in January, we got classes. We're going to the Bible Museum. Uh, We're going to have church at night. It's going to be a great time. You can go to onewaychurches.com. Christ be with you and also with you. Uh, Lamont Cruz says, how can I seed If you feel led, you, my cash app is uh, dollar sign S Y Younger. Yeah, dollar sign. It's why younger. And I got another video. I'm going to be showing you all soon about where I am now. i talk about where I am at another live later, but I'll be sharing with you all where I am now and some God moves that we're making uh, in Jesus' name. All right, God bless you. Y'all have a great night. Get some rest, and I will see you very Hey, this is Bishop S.Y. Younger. Thank you for watching this video. And now what I need you to do is like and subscribe to this YouTube channel so you can continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and gospel content in your direction.